it is great to see everyone in person and everyone online, and we appreciate you being here. I thought the, the worship's always good, but I thought it was really, really, really good. Would you guys just, uh, it's always good. We appreciate you guys being here, and uh, as we go through this together, continue to pray with us as we make decisions and transition uh, through everything we're doing. Okay, so what I want to do to get us started, I want to ask a couple of questions, kind of, kind of a little, maybe word association questions, but it's more of a phrase than a word, and uh, online you guys are joining us on this as well, so here we go. First one is when I say ice cream, what do you think of? What? Butter pecan. <laughs> we say pecan where I come from. Is it pecan here? Okay, good. What else? Cho How many of you say chocolate? How many of you say vanilla? Why? Why would you say vanilla? Here, online, here, those joining us online, here's what they said. Rocky Road, vanilla, uh, chocolate almond, chocolate chip, chocolate peanut butter, cherry chocolate chip, strawberry, mint chocolate, butter, butter pecan, um, cookie dough. Pretty good, pretty good, right? So they're, on, they're with us. Hey, how many of you had in our area here, there's Brewster's, right? And uh, 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 chocolate raspberry truffle, how many of you had that? Now truffle makes it sound a little foo-foo, but it is solid ice cream. <laughs> chocolate raspberry truffle. All right, all right, favorite, favorite food. You can go with, you can go with uh, like your favorite food or you could go with just prime rib. Okay, that's not bad. Anybody else? Hamburger. You can't beat a good hamburger, can you? With cheese and bacon, you can put bacon on anything that makes it good, right? What else? Surf and turf. Surf and turf. <laughs> All right. All right. Favorite food online. You guys online. T-bone steak. 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 Steak, steak, steak. Fruit, ice cream, bacon cheeseburger, lobster, lamb chops, sushi, whole bit, man, that's, that's the gamut. Okay, a little, a little more serious. When I say COVID, what do you think? <laughs> okay. Okay. We got, we got all, all um, spectrum on that, right? Um. Yeah, I can't read some of the online people's stuff here, but <laughs> you guys, sick, virus, mask, isolation, isolation, a lot of things. Okay, here's what I'm getting at. Here's the word I want you to think about. I don't want to answer this just yet. What do you think of when you think of the word hope? But I don't want you to answer it just yet. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of the word hope. So Father, help us to think about that today. Help us to think about what it means to have hope in a world that needs hope, in a world that needs some confidence, in a world that needs direction. Lord, help us to understand today what it means to live as believers with true hope. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We need to know what the word hope means because in Scripture it's found 168 times and 160 verses, so some verses have it more than once. Sometimes, for sure, the word hope means to desire something or wish for something or long for something. Uh, there's a Proverbs that I, I, I always love to read. It's Proverbs 13, 12. It's so true, right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desired fulfilled is the tree of life. An unrelenting disappointment with no end in sight will leave you disappointed and will leave you discouraged. There's no doubt about that. But, but a desire fulfilled, man, that just, that just changes your perspective. So for certain in Scripture, sometimes the word hope means a wish or desire, but most of the time, most of the time, it, it, it means something a little different. It has more of a theological meaning. And the hope we want to talk about today is, we could just say, a, a settled conviction, a settled confidence. Hope is a place you can go and you can anchor your fear when you're afraid. Hope is a place you can go when you're ready to give up. And on our Wednesday night prayer times when people have sent things in, sometimes people say, hey, pray for me, I'm, I'm about ready to give in. Hope, hope is a place where you can go when you're feeling vulnerable. Hope is that anchor of the soul. Jesus is the only anchor of the soul. He gives us hope that brings encouragement and confidence. So what I want to do today is let's look at the word hope. Let's determine what it means and then five things that we can do to build hope in our lives. All right, deal? Let's find out what hope is and then what we can do to build hope. So turn with me. Let's just start at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's work through it and talk about this thing called hope. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things, what? Hoped for the conviction of things not seen. Now, the first thing we need to look at this verse is faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So let's start with faith. When you, when you think of the word faith, you've got to think two things. One, you have to think saving faith, and you have to think daily faith. Those are two different things. Saving faith, daily faith. So if you're a believer, saving faith was that time when God interrupted your life, he caused, he opened your eyes, he caused you to, he caused you to see who you were as a sinner, he caused you to see who he was as the sovereign God, and you trusted in him. You placed your faith in him one time for all time, right? One time for all time. That's called saving faith. Uh, Paul says uh, like this in uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 12. He says, at one time we were aliens and strangers uh, from God. But, and he says this, have, having no hope and without God in the world. So we had, no, we had no saving faith. We had no hope. We were without God in the world. But then God opened our eyes, and we were able to see. And so Peter says it like this. Just check this out. This is a beautiful passage. 1 Peter chapter three, verses, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a what? A living hope. This thing's for real. This is saving faith. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then our hope didn't stop there. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, 
kept in heaven for you. God's keeping it right there, waiting for you to, to see it in its entirety. So that's, that's saving faith. Now, in Hebrews 1, the writer is assuming that his readers have saving faith. They already have saving faith. That's a done deal. He's talking about what we call daily faith. And daily faith is like, what do you do with COVID? Is God going to protect us? What do you do when your job goes away? What do you do when your, when your child kind of wanders from the faith? What do you do with that? That's what the writer is talking about here in Hebrews chapter 1. Does that make sense? Saving faith, one time for all time. Daily faith, ongoing. Every day we wake up. And there's going to be something in front of us that we have to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this or not. So Hebrews says, now faith, this daily faith, is the assurance, the confidence of things hoped for and the conviction. Conviction means proof by test. I've tested it out. I've seen it work. I, I can have conviction because I know it works. Proof by test of things not seen. Things there is an interesting word. It's a Greek word that means... Uh, it means a thing done. It's happened. That thing is done. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So let's go back to hope and get us a definition as we work through this. Hope is this, this certain expectation of the future based on what? If, I, if I'm hoping in God for the future, what am I basing it on? God's work in my life in the what? Past. I'm anchored in God's past work. So we could say the definition of hope is this, present confidence, but it's not just present confidence in, in, in nothing. My present confidence is this, is anchored in God's past work. God has done his work. He has saved me. He has given me everything I need. Now, my confidence, my confidence is going to be challenged every day. It's going to be poked at. It's going to be disrupted. COVID hits, job goes away, relationship doesn't come, struggle with children. Last, last time we, we looked at Deuteronomy 6, and we looked at the, the fact that as parents, we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we need to impress it on our children, and we need to do that. That's the command of Scripture. And we know what? We can do our best job of parenting, our best job, and sometimes our, kid, our kids don't, don't take it. They walk away. They wander away from the faith. And so we're, that, that's unsettling for our confidence, isn't it? Let's face it, there's a lot of things that rattle our confidence. At least that's the way it works for me. So how do we make sure that we're keeping our confidence engaged, engaged in this God of the past, that, that this, this God that never changes, this God that's worked in our past. All right, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. I want to use this story to kind of set the context for our, uh, our practical application. Exodus 14. All right, let me set the context. Uh, God has sent Moses to deliver the children of uh, Israel out of slavery. 
God demonstrated his power in his mighty ways, the 10 plagues. The, the Egyptians were devastated physically, spiritually, economically. Uh, all the plagues went after one of their gods. So now they know that whatever, whoever Israel's God is, he's bigger and better than their God. And after the display of God's power, Israel marched out of Egypt uh, free for the first time in 400 years. And as they left Egypt and started this new day, God demonstrated his presence with them. Remember how he demonstrated his presence? A, a, a pillar of cloud, like a, a, a big cloud to guide them during the day, and then what at night? Pillar of fire. So, that, so if it was night, they could see him there. If it was day, they could see his presence was always with them, just like the Holy Spirit is always with us. Now, they saw it in the cloud and in, and in the fire. And the fire was also another thing. He would lead them by the fire sometimes so that they could, they could travel during the darkness. They could travel any time. So he delivered them, and then this is, this is an amazing story. God delivered them out of Egypt, right? And they are marching out of Egypt, and you know what God told him to do, them to do? Remember the story? He told them to circle back. <laughs> Why would he do that? Don't go forward anymore. I want you to circle back. Why would he do that? He placed them in a vulnerable position. Does God do that sometimes? Does God put us in a vulnerable position? Like that job that went away or the kid that's wondering or the relationship that doesn't come. Does God do that? Well, he does, and he always does it for a reason. Check out verse 4. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. God circled Israel back so Pharaoh would say, they're confused, they're wondering, they don't want to go out of here. Circle them back for a reason. So he said, because I'm going, I got one more lesson to teach Pharaoh. So I put Israel in a vulnerable spot, and Pharaoh says, look at these guys. They left here. They devastated our land, but they don't even know what they're doing. They're like, they're like going in circles. Let's go after them. And so Pharaoh got his, the best of his best of his best of his army, and he went after them. He took the bait. Now remember, God had just demonstrated his power in the what? The ten plagues. Israel saw that. Israel had just seen the ten plagues ten times. You would think that would drive it home in your mind that God's got this, right? But look at verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And what did they do? They feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They had just seen the plagues. And they said to Moses, is it better, that, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you, that, you have, that you have taken us out to die in the wilderness? What have we done? Bring us out. We would rather be slaves in Egypt to be out here in this vulnerable spot, even though God just did the ten plagues, and he's powerful, and he demonstrated his power over all the gods of Egypt, 
Here we are, dying in the desert. How, how quickly we forget. And we could say, Israel, what are you doing? But we do exactly the same thing, don't we? Our confidence gets rattled, even though we know what God has done in our past, like just yesterday. And our motto is pretty simple, isn't it? God, what have you done for me today? Look at verse 13. And Moses said to the people, I love, I love these next two verses, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will what? Never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Or another translation, you only have to be still. Now, I got it. Uh, I did this on a, at a, uh, this passage on 12:15 this week on Friday, and a person texted me, and they, he said, "Never got that. Why does it say be still when the next verse says what? Look at verse 15. And Moses said, "Why do you cry? Tell the people to go forward. Why is God saying be still if He's telling them to go forward? Well, it's because be still doesn't mean you don't do anything." Being still doesn't mean you don't act. Being still means what? You act with the confidence of who God is. Because he's the God that worked in your past. That gives you confidence in the present. You guys know the rest of the story, right? The Egyptians come. God parts the Red Sea. The uh, Israelites walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. That took a while. So you know what God did? The pillar of cloud went behind the Israelites to cause darkness so the Egyptians couldn't do anything while the Israel, Israelites went across the, the sea on dry ground. And then he let the Egyptians go after him, sent a thunderstorm that muddied the, the, the seabed again, and their chariot wheels got stuck in the sea, and then God closed the sea on them. Amazing work of God. Remember present confidence, our present confidence is always anchored in God's past work. But we forget easily, don't we? Israel would forget many times again. And again, don't, don't be hard on the Israelites. <laughs> we do the exact same thing. All right, so what I want to do, time left, give you five things real quick where we can build our hope, where we can keep thinking, okay, God, I'm, I'm a little rattled today in my confidence, but I know you've worked in my past. I know you've got this, and so my present confidence is what? Okay, you guys got to say it with me, right? Our present confidence is anchored in God's past work. You ready? Let's do it again. Our present confidence is anchored in God's past work. I didn't hear anyone online say that, did you guys? So you better say it this time. You ready? Our present confidence is anchored in God's past work. All right, five things real quick. First, regularly review your salvation story. Regularly review your trusting in Christ story. How did God bring you to himself? Remember that day? You were on your own. You were doing your thing, and then God, your, God got your attention. Maybe he did it like Paul on the road to Damascus, boom, just like that. And he opened your eyes, and the scales fell off, and you saw for the first time. Maybe it was a process. Maybe he brought someone into your life. Maybe you saw someone. You said, man, I'd like to be like, what's, what, what is up with that person? 
I don't know how he did it, but review your salvation story. Tell your salvation story to some person this week. Tell it to your kids if you've never told it to your kids. Tell your kids how you came to Christ, what God has done in, in your life. Review your salvation story because that's God's past work in your life. That's why you are who you are today. That's why you know if you close your eyes right now you in death, you would open them up and see eternity with God forever. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? So review your salvation story because... Say it with me. Our present confidence is what? Anchored in God's past work. Number two, regularly review God's spiritual work in your life. Just think about what he's done. He called you to himself. He redeemed you. He justified you. He sanctified you. <clears throat> he's going to glorify you. Jot down. We won't read it. Uh, we don't have time. Romans chapter 8, 29 through 32. Romans chapter 8. 29 through 32 says, boom, boom, boom. This is what God has done. Here are the spiritual things that God has done. He, has, he, has, he, he knew us before the foundation of the world. He called us to be himself. He justified us. He sanctified us. He will glorify us. And then Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So when we get to that point in our life where we say, God, what's going on? I don't get this. I feel pretty vulnerable right now. What are you doing? We just say, wait a second. God gave me the most important thing. He gave me salvation. And he said, his promise says, if he did that, he will graciously give. He didn't spare his son for me. And he's going to graciously give me everything I need. So review your spirit, the spiritual blessings that you have in your life, the spiritual work of God. Okay. We're going fast. You guys tracking? Number three. Here we go. Review your spiritual identity. In Jesus, I'm what? Safe with two S's. I am significant. Man, nothing can change that. It's not who I am. It's not the job I have or had. It's not the situation in my life. I am significant. Everything else in my world can go away. I'm still significant. That doesn't change because that's in Christ. I am secure. I know that I will be with God forever. Ever. I'm accepted. I don't know what your family situation was like. I don't know what things you still struggle with, but I know this. God is the perfect father, and you're always accepted. I'm forgiven. He says he takes the, uh, my sins and hides them behind his back, throws them in the depths of the sea, remembers my sins no more. I am forgiven. I don't have to carry the past guilt and shame. I'm forgiven. And the E is what? Significant, secure, accepted, forgiven. And I am empowered. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Just like the pillar of fire went before Israel in the Old Testament, pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I don't have to look up and say God's presence is, is with me. I know he is with me all the time. Present confidence is anchored in what? God's past work. Number four, get a journal. I was going to bring my journal. I didn't do that. I'll do that tomorrow. Okay? Sorry. I'll bring it next week just so you guys can feel better. So I'll feel better about it. Uh, journal God's work in your life, the blessings and the challenges. Get a journal. Start writing it down. God, here's what you did, or here's, what, here's where I'm nervous about. Here's what I'm concerned about. Here's what I'm scared about. And then see what 
See what God does. So that the next time you can go back and say, hmm, I was in this spot before. This feels pretty familiar. And here's what God did the last time. Journal what he's done. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since you have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access into the faith, by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of glory. And, 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 and not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that, check it out, sufferings produce what? Endurance. Endurance produces what? Character. Wait a second. Does God put us in some vulnerable situation sometime? Yeah, because suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces, oh, here we go, what? Hope, and hope does not, what? Put us to shame. I love another, NIV says, does not disappoint. When our hope is in God, when our confidence is in God alone, he never will disappoint us. So I encourage you to journal God's work. Do Living Grounded. Living Grounded. Living Grounded at Bible Chapel. If you've not done that, please do that. Living Grounded at Bible Chapel. Our first chapter is a life map where you put down the high times in my life. Here, here are some really high times in my life as I look back. Here are some low times in my life. These were tough. Here, here, here's uh, the heroes in my life, the influencers in my life. And then, this is an amazing thing. Then you go back and just see the hand of God working all those things together. Things you thought, man, that was the hardest thing I've ever been through. A few years later, you say, oh, but that was the greatest thing I've ever been through. I learned who God was. Living grounded. All kinds of opportunities for you to do that. But just take God's story and let him, let him, let him just unfold it for you. One, one more thing. I know this can be surprising. Profound. You guys ready? Read. God's word every day. Psalm 119, 114, you are my hiding place. I hope in your word. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your word. Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord in his word. I what? I hope. That's where you gain your confidence, when you are in the word of God. So back to that, Exodus chapter for, uh, 14, 13, and 14. Two quick stories. That's, that verse has been uh, significant in my life for two ways. One, our daughter, uh, Laura, our third child uh, daughter, uh, took a gap year after high school, and uh, she went to Costa Rica. And, uh, uh, man, we missed her like crazy. We weren't going to see her for many months. Missed her like crazy, and she was a little homesick, like really homesick. And you just don't drive to Costa Rica and, you know, pick her up and take her home. And uh, we'd be with her on the phone and on, uh, you know, uh, FaceTime and all that. And it's just, it was rough. And so together we said, Laura, let's get a verse. And it was what? Ephesians 14, 14. Laura, God's got this. We're hurting too. He's got it. Just let's, let's put our confidence in him. He can take homesickness. He can take all this stuff. He's got it. And it worked. And by the way, Scripture works. There's another time when uh, I was in this, involved in a ministry and it was going south. Not here. And uh, uh, we, we were in a big meeting and we were trying to figure out what to do. And we were trying to figure out where to make some pretty aggressive moves. 
And I knew it was going to be a rough day the next day. And I had, God, what do we do? And you know what God brought to my mind? And God, I don't, like, God doesn't like just drop verses in my mind all the time. But that night, you know what it was? Exodus 14, 13, and 14. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. God's got this. He's going to fight for you. Just be still. And so the next day, in something I thought I was going to be more aggressive at, I just felt God saying, just stay quiet. Stay quiet. So I did. And you know what? It didn't work out like I thought it would. I thought God was going to come in and just like get everything fixed for me. Didn't do it. And I still sometimes, I'm running in the mornings and I think, God, I should have said something. I had the facts to back it up. And he said, you going to trust me on that or not? Didn't work out like you thought it would, but not everything does. But I'm still the God who saved you. And I still work in your present. And the God has worked in your past. You're going to trust me or not? Boy, that's where God gets us sometimes, doesn't he? Trust me or not. All right, one more time. You ready? Hope is present confidence anchored in God's past work. And guys, we can do some things to develop that in our lives. Not just talk about it, but do it. Father, thank you that you are God who has worked in our past. If we're here today and we're a believer, if we're listening online and we're a believer, you've worked in our past and you have saved us. You've done the greatest thing. And so you say, if you've done the greatest thing, well, you're going to cover everything else as well. So we're going to trust you. Lord, for the person here online who doesn't know you, I pray they'll reach out to us and we can let them know what the saving faith is all about because daily faith can't happen unless it begins with saving faith. Father, help us to be those who demonstrate to a watching world that we have confidence because of God's work in our life, we pray. In Jesus' name.